Okay, uh, this is going to be a short clip, but one that I've been meaning to make for some time because it's a conversation I've been having with a good friend of mine, Samuel, uh, for some years now, actually. I think it's been multiple years that we've talked about this, and that is that many people on the left treat left politics as some sort of social circle. Okay, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that people are not entering political circles hoping to achieve goals. What they are entering uh, are social circles seeking friends. Now, I would argue that this is a rather new phenomenon. Uh, Why is it a new phenomenon? Because people are increasingly alienated today. And for some reason, though I don't have any data to back this up, but this is pure anecdotal evidence from my end. A lot of the people, I'll just, you know, let me get as as specific as I can get. The people that I went to high school with who are not all jacked up on politics, one way or the other, by the way, let's just use those people. Let's not use like ultra right-wingers versus ultra left-wingers. Now, I'm talking about the overwhelming majority of people I went to high school with. I went to high school 20 minutes from where I'm sitting right now. Uh, So... I still am in contact with a lot of those people. A lot of those people have progressive views. Some of them have some reactionary views mixed with progressive views. Like most people, they are very ideologically maybe inconsistent and complex people like all of us are. Uh, But they are, they, in my experience, most of the people who are not all jacked up on politics have a broader network of friends. So a lot of my, a lot of the people, I'm trying to think about when I first noticed this and I didn't, you know, write out anything for today. I'm just kind of riffing off the top of my head, but I'm trying to think of when I first noticed this. And I think it was during, uh, when I joined Iraq veterans against the war, when I joined Iraq veterans against the war, I was meeting a lot of veterans who were telling me that they didn't have any contact with people in their platoon. And I found that to be very strange, you know, or whatever their unit was, maybe they weren't in a platoon. Um, But I found that very strange because actually, now that I think about it, let me back up even further. When I got to the Marine Corps and we were in boot camp and we had one of the few and rare occasions where you can kind of just bullshit with the person by you. On those occasions, uh, I this is, let's say, the first like couple weeks of boot camp. It became clear to me that a lot of people who joined the military, at least back then, this was 2002, I don't know if it's. Still the same today. I know it's been different over time in different periods and in different historical contexts in the U.S. In other words, when you have people getting drafted, uh, you might have a disproportionate number of poor and working class people, uh, but you are drawing from a broader swath of society. Whereas when I joined, it was a lot of like hyper-motivated people who wanted to go kill Muslims and ragheads, according to them. Uh, That was the general, you know, sense that I got from a lot of guys and also what people had said, you know, I'm here to kill fucking sand diggers. Literally what people said when I joined the Marine Corps. I was like, okay, so they got the people who are jacked up about 9-11, who are out to kill people. They want revenge. They want blood. Uh, And then we had a whole bunch of people who joined just because they were, you know, looking for college money, didn't know what the hell else to do with their life, uh, had to join in order to not go do some jail time. Uh, in order to get out of a fucked up family or life situation, maybe they were gangbanging, maybe whatever the fuck they were doing, they needed to get out of it, you know? So they joined the Marine Corps. Okay, well, what I noticed in that setting, and then what we what I quickly noticed when we would get our mail, 
was that I was getting a lot more mail than most people. You know, so guys would give me shit. They'd be like, oh, Emanuele, what do you got? A bunch of girlfriends, da, 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 da. And say, no, like, you know, I have one girlfriend uh, and I have a lot of friends. I got a lot of fucking buddies that I hang out with. Um, I don't know if that's like an old school thing. I don't know if that's something that was lost after a certain period of time, but uh, I don't think it is. I think it's like there's a lot of people who, you know, um, maybe not a lot of people, but there's a significant number of people who still actually have some pretty decent social networks and hang out with people. Now, it's much less than it was before. Decades ago, we know all of that. People are more alienated, spending more time at home on their computers, isolated, so on and so forth. That's all true. But it was clear in the Marine Corps. I was like, oh man, so you guys don't talk to anybody you went to high school with? And most of the guys I was with were like, no man, we don't talk to any of those cats. And I thought that was fucking wild. I mean, my friends from high school, the role that my friends played, and I'm talking childhood friends. These are guys that I met when I moved from Illinois, from Chicago, Illinois to Chesterton, Indiana. Uh, these guys, you know, people, I don't want to name their last names. I don't want to give them problems, but like, I'm not actually, I just won't name them, but I could name a dozen guys at least. And if we really wanted to whittle it down to like 10, but it's more than that. And it's probably more than a dozen who like kept me sane and did some extraordinary things for me when I was in the military, including sending me regular letters magazines, updates about sports, newspapers, nude photos of, of women, you know, from Playboy or whatever. Like, this was the kind of shit that they were doing for me. And I'd look at some of these poor bastards sitting to my left or right, and I'd go, fuck, man. I got five or six letters on the last, you know, mail call. This poor motherfucker got none, you know. And I would always try and find ways to, like, my one of the things that bothers me most, uh, is loneliness. I don't like the idea that people feel lonely. I don't like the idea that people feel inadequate. I don't like the idea that people feel socially awkward. Now, I think there's things people could do that would help them out and, you know, maybe feel less in in those ways. But it really bothers me. You know, it bothers me when, you know, you have somebody who can have like a hundred people show up to their birthday party and then another person has a birthday and there's like three people there. well, sometimes the three people are worth more than 300, but that's besides the point. The point is more the initial, you know, shock that people have of like, oh, fuck, man, I'm not as loved as this guy. This guy's getting all these letters. I'm not getting all these letters. I fucking hate that more than anything. And I think anyone who's in the privileged position of having maybe more friends or more connections or whatever the case may be should do everything in their power to make people around them feel loved and comfortable and like socially accepted. I think that's really, really important. Um, Okay, all that aside, that was the first time I noticed it. And then in a pronounced way once I got to the war, because in Iraq, you know, everybody's packages dwindle over time. You know, people just forget. You know, maybe the first couple months you're there, you get a bunch of packages, and then by the last month you're there, you're not getting as many. Well, you know, people's lives go on. It's tough to keep in contact, so on and so on. But even then, I would notice, I'd be like, man, I'm getting all these packages from friends. And a lot of people get packages from, like, family members, aunts, uncles, mom, dad, if that. Some of people didn't even get that. Other guys would get a lot of messages from, like, girlfriends, wives, kids, stuff like that. Rarely, rarely did anyone get messages from their friends. 
every single fucking mail call we had during the nine months or eight and a half months that we were in Iraq the second time around, I received mail uh, from friends, family, uh, and lovers, you know, uh, that again was like, oh shit, like here's a situation where I'm noticing that a lot of people actually don't have solid social relationships. Okay. Then I join, I get out of the military and I join the anti-war movement. I join Iraq veterans against the war and I start to meet anti-war veterans and I'm asking them, you know, and you're going back multiple layers. I'm like, you know, do you talk to anybody from the military? No, I'm not friends with anybody. I'm friends with one guy and that's all I talk to. I found that shocking because I left the Marine Corps uh, in regular communication with multiple people from our platoon. To this day, I still regularly speak with a handful of guys uh, from our platoon. And, of course, Sergio and I, uh, you know, maybe the best example of that, you know, very close, have done projects together, all the rest. Like, I still to this day talk to five guys and probably could talk to more if I made the effort. Uh, but I still talk to about five guys from that platoon on a regular basis and have for the last 15 years. Um, I, what I've noticed over the years is that people in this country, and particularly people who are all jacked up on political ideology, left-wing political ideology, either come from a background of isolation where they're kind of the outcasts, you know, so part of what the, the sort of cultural thing I've seen happen on the left is that the left has turned into a place of like the misfits and the outcasts of society. So that image has been created in the post-1968 era, again, because we've moved away from actually organizing people and we've moved into this process of constantly mobilizing people who agree with us. So that the very change in the approach of how people on the left approach politics is one of the reasons why this is the case. But for any number of other reasons, what we've now created on the left for self-selecting organizations are a number of like socially stunted people who don't have friends, who don't have meaningful relationships uh, anywhere. I'm talking childhood friends. I'm talking post high school, college friends, workplace for friends at the workplace. I mean, that's another thing. You know, every single fucking workplace I've been to, I've came away with, a, you know, at least one or two, if not more people uh, that are lifelong friends. You know, I worked at a restaurant here in Michigan City for eight, nine years. Um, I met, fuck, man. I mean, some of you who are listening to this will know some of these people, but I met, you know, Ron, uh, Frisco, Jim. Uh, we can go on down the list uh, of people that I met through that process of working at the restaurant and maintain the friendship for the rest of my life. These are guys that I talk to, people I will know, people I love, people whose, you know, families I've met, people who I've taken to my parents' house. Like, these are people I will know for the rest of my fucking life. There has not been a context or a setting. When I worked at the radio station, I came out of it with a lifelong friend in Brian. You know, good fucking guy. Now, we don't talk all the time, but he's a, you know, it's a guy who come over you know, have a smoke, have some food bullshit. I would be there if the guy needed something. I'd come out, you know, help him out at the house, help his mom out, whatever the fuck he needs. I mean, these are everywhere you go, you know, went to Australia on a couple trips, made lifelong friends from, from it. You know, I know at least about a handful of people, again, from Australia that I plan on knowing 
loving and caring about for the rest of my life. People that I talk to, some of whom on an almost daily basis, some of whom every couple of weeks, some of whom just a few times a year. Um, but they're people that I maintain contact with. They're people that I care about. They're people that, uh, you know, I consider friends and will for the rest of my life. And for some reason, on the left, uh, we don't have that. What we, I mean, number one, the culture that's been built on the left is not conducive to that because if you're uh, immediately offended when someone says something that you don't like, well, good fucking luck trying to make friends, number one. Number two, if you're like, you know, got the thin skin and you don't like conflict and you're looking for a safe little bubble to process your trauma in, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe the world isn't for you, to be honest with you. Um, maybe you need to go find somewhere else or something else to do with yourself. Uh, but you definitely are no help to us in the political realm. And in fact, the more fucking socially awkward weirdos that are hanging around political movements, the less likely ordinary people are to come around. So I'm actually, when we get out of this pandemic, I am going to be very fucking strict, <laughs> very strict. If there's anybody around who's acting in a way that I think is socially off-putting to people, like I'm talking ordinary working class people, not like, oh, did somebody raise their voice or cuss at someone? No, that's not socially off-putting. That's socially off-putting to some fucking professional class cunt uh, who, you know, and, I, and there I mean cunt in the best way, you know, male or female. Uh, I, these kind of people are not uh, working class people. And the majority of Americans are working class, and what we're interested in is getting working class people involved with the political process. Um, so anything that's not conducive to that can take a uh, fucking hike. And part of that is, you know, bringing socially insufferable people in political uh, contexts that then turn people off. Uh, that's a problem. Um, so... In any case, that's a roundabout way of having a short discussion about politics not being uh, the place where you find friends. Yeah, it's true. You might find some friends there. It's cool if you make some friends. But if you're like primarily seeking uh, social connection and that's why you're getting involved with politics, like we're going to have problems. We're going to have problems because uh, developing a social relationship with someone is different than developing a political relationship with someone. Now, sometimes in good scenarios, and you know, you can do both. That's cool. Hey, we went into this political context and I came out with a lifelong friend. Amazing. Um, but political organizing is not the same as, you know, just straight up socializing. It's just not. Uh, and the people who treat it that way are people who I think have the luxury to treat it that way. Uh, but two different kinds of people who treat it that way. One are people who have the luxury to treat it that way. So kind of like professional class people who are like, ah, you know, it's cool if we make some political changes, but at the end of the day, if we don't, it's not really a matter of life or death. Those people have the luxury to treat politics as a social endeavor. And also the people who have no interest in winning. The people who are socially alienated or isolated and are just looking for some friends to hang out with, uh, they don't care about winning campaigns. They don't care about, you know, fundamentally changing society. It's just, can I kind of do the right moral, ethical thing as, as far as they see it? You know, they're being moral and ethical and they're trying to make a difference and it's better than not making a difference. And But at the end of the day, I'm really just trying to come here to hang out with people so I have a support network. Well, you know, to the degree that the political context that you're operating in can provide that, uh, that's great. Um, but, 
you know, that's not its sole purpose. That's not even its primary function. Uh, and that's something I've had to get through my head as well. And again, that comes from having bad experiences with people who didn't know what the fuck they were doing when I first got involved with political activism. And a whole bunch of people from the new left uh, who treated activism as some sort of hobby instead of a life or death battle over who gets to control society, who has power and who does not. Um, and the fact that we haven't spoken in those terms for so long is also kind of another sign of how immature uh, the left has become. And so when you bring friends, I'll use another uh, personal example. When I was in Iraq Veterans Against the War, one of the problems we had was as a national nonprofit organization, people were getting hired. We had enough money to actually hire a staff. Now, what most of that staff did still to this day remains a question to me. Uh, it seemed like a kind of a a clique of friends who got each other hired and then told each other that they were doing the right thing and then justified their existence and their paycheck. Um, pretty disgusting shit, but par for the course in the nonprofit industrial complex. Uh, so <laughs> word to the wise, kids, stay the fuck away from NGOs. Uh, they're a fucking disaster. Um, not all of them and not to the same degree, but largely they are. Uh, and they suck money, energy, and resources away from other efforts that would be far more fruitful for poor and working class people. When I was in IVAW, you know, because people joined as a sort of social network as well, people were like, oh, I'm an a isolated, alienated veteran who doesn't know how to talk to his parents and doesn't have friends from childhood and doesn't talk to any of the people in the military uh, poor me, please find me a place to be safe and to deal with my trauma and to connect with people. Well, that fucking bullshit approach to politics fucked the anti-war movement. It fucked Iraq veterans against the war and it's fucking left-wing organizations right now. You could see it with uh, Black Lives Matter. You get a lot of this, especially among like liberal whites who just can't wait to flog themselves for being white like they feel so bad that they're white and it's just really unhelpful and that you know all of this kind of shit it's almost too much to talk about in one episode but the point is is if you're joining political movements or political organizations for friends you're already um, making a mistake uh, if by chance you are able to make friends in political context that's great um, but in politics we're trying to get shit done Okay, and the problem with getting shit done and everybody treating each other like they're friends is like sometimes somebody just has to chop the fucking vegetables and get ready and boil the water and actually get the fucking meal rolling. And we've got far too many chiefs and not enough uh, soldiers in the on the left. We got too many people who think they're generals when they don't have the personal uh, fortitude to be generals who don't have the experience to be generals who don't have the, the personality traits to be generals and we've got too few people uh, who want to be soldiers and what we need is a whole bunch of line cooks we don't need any more chefs in the kitchen what we need are a bunch of fucking line cooks and people who can actually get shit done and, and that too is becoming increasingly difficult to find on the left because People are joining these organizations hoping to find friendship and connection and a purpose or a meaning for their life or to make up for the fact that they're white and they feel fucking bad or whatever the fuck people are doing who are joining these organizations and these movements, so-called movements. Um, but they're joining for the, all the wrong reasons and it's producing all the wrong results. So uh, we'll do more section segments on this in further uh, future episodes, but... 
I just, you know, this is one of those issues that we really have to deal with. Like, it's a big problem that the left is attracting nothing but, like, misfits and outcasts and all the rest. And anyone who argues that's always been the case doesn't fucking understand the history of labor organizing. Uh, because they were not all misfits. Like, when we were actually organizing massive numbers of people, like during the civil rights campaigns, uh, that actually won shit, you know, it wasn't just a bunch of misfits. That all comes with the counterculture bullshit uh, there's a whole, uh, the last thing I'll say here is that there's a whole bit of history from the 1960s that needs to be deconstructed, reexamined, critiqued, and rethought out because, uh, you know, I think that Adam Curtis and others have done a good job of doing this, but it need, there needs to be more of it. Uh, this whole glamorization of the Black Panthers, the glamorization of the counterculture movement, of the hippies, of the anti-war movement, I'm sorry, folks, but I don't find much useful from that from those periods of time. And to the degree that I do, it's right in line with what McAlevey says, and that's the labor, or I'm sorry, the uh, civil rights strain of that organizing. I don't find much useful from the feminist movement. I don't find much useful from the anti-war movement. I don't find much useful from the black power movement. Go on and on and on. There's a whole bunch of shit from the 60s that needs to be re totally and utterly rejected. Uh, it's toxic really fucking toxic, uh, unproductive shit. And the fact that it's gotten, that it's been allowed to, to fester for as long as it has, uh, is a problem. And it's a sign of just how immature we've been as a movement to not, you know, nip it in the bud. All this performative feelings, this, and I'm going to express myself, the politics of expression and prefigurative politics and holy fuck. I mean, it, you know, it's just a bunch of people playing, uh, Pokemon. Or, uh, you know, role-playing games. That's all it is. It's just a left-wing role-playing game. Um, anyway, I keep digressing, so I should probably wrap it up. The last thing I'll say is, you know, learn how to fucking socialize. And if nobody taught you how to socialize, join a fucking sports club. You know, go join a fucking jujitsu gym. Go join a boxing gym. You know, go challenge yourself and do something out of your comfort zone where you're going to have to go meet a whole new bunch of people and you're going to have to talk with them and you're going to have to explain your life to them and you're going to have to like get to know them and go do that, please. Yeah, you know, like if you're listening to this and you, you consider yourself a leftist, but you find yourself seeking friendship on the left instead of like, you know, I'm here to get shit done, save the, you know, fucking stop the capitalists from destroying my life and the, and the planet. If you're not there for that reason, primarily, you're not doing anyone any good. You're not doing yourself any good either. So you know, my advice is to go find friends somewhere else and then take those friends into the political realm if you can. All right, y'all. Have a good one. We'll talk soon.